Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Brett Hudson covers the Alabama Tide for the Tuscaloosa News. He joins us to talk about Alabama, LSU tomorrow in Tuscaloosa at 3.30 on CBS. How you doing, Brett? You know, I'm, I'm doing good now that I'm out of town. Tuscaloosa is an absolute madhouse right now. My house is about 15 minutes away. From, from campus, and the, the wife and I went into town earlier this afternoon. It was an absolute zoo out there, and they've got a bunch of events going on near campus tonight. So I'm, I'm doing pretty good now that I'm not in the madhouse that is Tuscaloosa, Alabama this evening. It's almost as if there's a big game in town. It's weird, isn't it? So what do they, they, what do they go out and hit the bars and party, or what's going on? I assume as much, yeah. Uh, Tuscaloosa is a college town, after all. Yeah, so, uh, you know, this same game, we always hear about how great it's going to be, and then Alabama usually beats their ass. Yeah, that's pretty much the way it's been. And it's kind of nice to have the game uh, reach this sort of significance again because I was in college in the early part of this decade when the game of the century was happening, and and Bama LSU was this awesome – nationally relevant battle every single year um so it's nice to see it get back to that because frankly it's been a good four or five years since i've even considered it mathematically possible that lsu could beat alabama but now lsu has done this marvelous thing where they discovered the forward pass and modernized their offense and all of a sudden they're an incredibly good football team it's funny how that works out but the the result has given us uh, one more chapter in what's been a pretty impressive run of sig- of significant football between Bama and LSU, and I'm looking forward to it. So, uh, what do you think of the people that have said that uh, Tua Tagovailoa, who's you know been injured and now he's allegedly uh, coming back tomorrow, and I'm you know feeling pretty certain he'll play in that football game. So, um, what do you think of the people that are saying that he's uh, kind of regressed and that he's uh, not the same quarterback that he was and that he, uh, you know, all this tank for Tua stuff is going out the window because uh, there's people like Joe Burrow who uh, his his stock is soaring and, and now I'm hearing, like, people are down on Tagovailoa in terms of that he's the, he's not the number one. Well, I've, I've seen a little bit of that, not a ton of it, but I, I was looking at the numbers in the open week before uh, this LSU week leading up to the game and – the numbers are somewhat similar to what he was last year, but they're also exactly what you would expect of him. I, I know last time I was on this show, I mentioned how Tua uh, kind of took a uh, take what's given to you. The, the phrase we heard him say several times was, you can't go broke taking a profit. And if that meant going to a dump off or taking a, a short or intermediate route instead of trying to force the issue downfield, then that's what it meant. And it's easy to do that when you have a wide receiving core as good as is this one, um, but that, that approach is very much evident in, in his numbers. His completion percentage is up about 4% or so, and, and yes, his yards per attempt are down 
I think from 13-ish yards attempt last year to like 11-ish yards attempt this year. But that 11 yards per attempt is second in the nation right now, ironically behind Jalen Hurts at Oklahoma. So do with that juxtaposition what you will. But it's not like Tua's numbers are are significantly worse this year. And frankly, there, there are a lot of NFL uh, systems that would do better statistically with this year's version of Tua than last year's version because last year's version would take some risks that, that NFL uh, folk would, would rather him not. And, and this year's version of Tua is very far from that. So I, I actually think Tua is better suited for the NFL this year than he was last year for those reasons and because the offensive, offensive coordinator, Steve Sarkeesian, does come from the NFL. He said he would put some pro-style pass concepts in this playbook, and he has. And Tua seems to execute those pretty well when, when he's given the opportunity. So I, I actually think Tua is more more well-equipped for the NFL now than he was this time last year. Do you think that uh, Brett Hudson with us from the Tuscaloosa News, do you think that because uh, their passing game, it, the receivers are so great with Judy Smith and – and Ruggs and Waddle that uh, that they're just gonna uh, you know throw the ball uh, you know in this game because they're so good at it uh, and their running game has been in my view kind of average with Harris and and Robinson it it's not that impressive to be honest with you. Well, yeah, the the strength of this team is in the wide receiver core and and, I, and Tua and and I think they're aware of that. So if push came to shove, uh, which we expect it to, right? It's what like a five and a half point six point spread. Uh, we, we assume that, that they'll put the ball in, in their hands and let them be the ones that decide the game. But you go back to the, the season rushing numbers, and, yeah, the season rushing numbers aren't very good because they took, or at least not up to the quote-unquote Bama standard, because they took probably three weeks, four weeks, which at this point is half of the sample size, right, only eight games into the season, really figuring itself out. You go back to that South Carolina game, they barely ran it at all. And when they did, they didn't run it very well. So they really kind of set their jaw to being able to run the football. And, of course, a couple weeks after that, they made a change on the offensive line. It was mostly due to injury. They had to move the Florida State transfer, Landon Dickerson, from right guard to center and put Deontay Brown in at right guard, who missed the first four games of the year due to a NCAA suspension, but that new combination with uh, Deontay Brown in it right guard has been an absolutely mauling combination. And plus, they're, they're very deep on the offensive line. So they've been able to take a couple of offensive linemen, Kendall Randolph and Chris Owens, and convert them to tight ends, like gave them the new jersey numbers and, and everything. Kendall Randolph was 60-something. Chris Owens was 79. They both have numbers in the 80s now and put them in as tight ends and basically use them as extra offensive linemen sets when they're in down and distance situations and field position situations where it behooves them to just maul people. They have those extra offensive linemen they can put in as tight ends to, to do that. So while I, I, don't, I don't think anybody's kidding themselves and admitting that uh, Tua and this wide receiver group are the strength of, of the offense and of the team as a whole, they have been showing progress in the run game, but it's also come mostly against bad teams, against Ole Miss, Tennessee, Arkansas, Texas A&M. The opinions vary on them. So the, the running game has shown improvement, but this is going to be the, the best test of the season, which says something because this isn't the LSU defense that 
that we normally see. They're not god-awful by, by any stretch, but it's not the, the top ten unit that we come to expect from the Tigers. Do you think, um, you know, both of these teams have had their struggles, believe it or not, in the red zone? Uh, and Same thing with Alabama last year against Clemson. Trouble inside uh, the red zone. And then LSU has all kinds of problems, believe it or not, inside the ten. I was looking at all those crazy stats. And then both teams have issues with their kicking games and, you know, field goals and, and the like. Do you think all that is going to become a huge factor in that game tomorrow is, is red zone issues and field goal issues and, and problems in those uh, various divisions of their game? I, I, could, I could definitely – I see your point, and I can definitely see where both of those, uh, both of those situations are, are ultimately swing factors in the game because if you look at both teams and they're built – relatively the same way they have very complex and efficient and explosive passing attacks and they both have good quarterbacks they both have good wide receiving cores they don't really plan on stopping inside the 15 inside the 10 because they're kind of counting on explosive plays to to score their their touchdowns they don't really they don't plan on going on the nine play 10 play 75 yard six minute scoring drive that's not really part of their dna now with everything i mentioned about alabama and the run game and the offensive line earlier they're trying to add that to their arsenal when they want to use it uh but that's clearly not the strength of their team and you can say the same for for lsu so if either of these offenses are stalled inside the 20 inside the 15 inside the 10 at times and they have to go into goal line situations where they're playing in a phone booth right they don't have the same spread spacing uh, advantage that they have when the ball's on the 40, for example, that could very well decide the game. And I think it goes back to the offensive line tight end role I mentioned earlier. Bama's gone to that uh, more than once in, in that situation pretty frequently now that I think about it. They'll even put uh, non-fullbacks, because who has a fullback on the roster anymore? But they'll put non-fullbacks at the fullback position in an I form. It used to be a linebacker, Ale Caho, but he broke his hand, so then it was a backup tight end, Giles Amos. Uh, so you're, you're looking at goal line sets from Alabama that you're, you're probably averaging over 330 pounds uh, on the field at that point. So Alabama likes to think they're equipped for that, but again, this is, this is going to be the biggest test of that. Yeah, I can't wait to see these two uh, throwing uh, some, you know, 20 to 30-yard type plays because Burrow's better than Tagovailoa at it. His numbers are 63% on anything over 20, and, and Tagovailoa is 38%. So I want to see if, if throwing it 20-plus in this game, it, it becomes a factor. There's a lot of things I can't wait to watch. I'm looking forward to it. 3.30 on CBS tomorrow in Tuscaloosa. Brett, great stuff tonight on the uh, Bama-LSU game. Thanks for coming on the bench. No problem. Thanks for having me. All right, Brett Hudson of the Tuscaloosa News. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? 
Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 